you're in like full Hermione era right now. <laughs> like you're like big curly hair. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's yeah, my it's, compliment it's to big. you. You're <laughs> one of the worst characters of <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> That know-it-all bitch. <laughs> the dog's name was Nirvana. It's Think Outside the Box set, the internet's <laughs> only outrage machine. I'm transgender bandwagoner Maddie Hunt. And I'm the gremlin on the gender plane, Cameron DeWitt. <laughs> <laughs> chop, tearing chop. that thing apart yeah really going to tell i watched i, I rewatched uh the movie gremlins actually this past week never seen gremlins it's it's okay it's very racist oh no <laughs> yeah um and uh it is a little self-indulgent with like doing little bits and skits between the little gremlins um that but, sounds fun yeah i mean it is fun for a while, and then it kind of outstays its welcome. But the special effects okay. are amazing. And um, one thing that was super cool was um, the main character's mom. I forget what his name is. It's Pel- something Peltzer. But his mom gets to be like a total badass in like the best 10 minutes of the movie. She just like... Wow, great. Yeah. She just goes she completely m- murk a bunch of gremlins. Yeah, she does. Great. She just like murders three of them on site. It's pretty amazing. She puts one in like a freaking garbage disposal, I think, and like blows one up in a microwave. It's great. Wow. Cool. (laughs) Total badass. I need to see this. Yeah. So as you probably guessed, we're talking about Nirvana. We sure are. (laughs) We took too long on the last episode and we decided, you know what? Let's split up the album Nevermind, which has so many things to talk about mm-hmm. let's split it up into two episodes so this is part two starting on uh track six we just listened to lithium mm-hmm. and um we have um what like 14 no how what's math <laughs> eight more <laughs> eight more tracks what's 13 minus five it's eight it's Good 14 job, <laughs> 14 there's 13 tracks right no i uh don't mind me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Do we do we have any other background thoughts about this album? Anything we didn't get to last time? Um, I, I mean, I had some like follow up thoughts, not necessarily more like Please. background. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I just like was reminded of when we were talking about corn in that one episode we did about corns follow the leader. And how I, um, I thought we did Freak on a Leash, or is that the name that's of the, the song? That's the name of the song. Yeah. Okay. Follow the leader is the album. Um, gotcha. And I just remember talking about in that episode about how, like, all quote unquote alternative rock, including like grunge and whatnot, um, really like expanded the emotional palette available to a lot of people. Um, sure. And how uh, valuable that had been for me at times, and I think for lots of people. Um, and uh, it's nice. It's nice of Kay Cobain to have done that. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess when I think about rock music 
before this. Um, it was it's so funny the way that these things work. You know, it was like a type of hypermasculinity, but maybe at the time it was a different. It was maybe seen as like queering the space a bit. Yeah, but, you know. It reminds but, me. Uh, queer, sorry, queerness is a moving target. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it, it kind of reminds me of the boomers, right? The um, the men who wouldn't cut their hair, who grew their hair long. Yep. And how, yep. at the time, that was like explicitly gender bending, and that's yep. part of why it was so controversial and like it was deliberately provocative in that way and was like deliberately breaking down some of the, the, the strong like walls between the genders. Um, and a lot of that has just been kind of lost in like the cultural memory of like sort of flattening out the landscape of everything. And um, it was so controversial. Like people were so fucking mad about it. It was like, yeah, it was bonkers. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, why like, I think it's important to, <laughs> Um, have resistance that goes deeper than surface level, um, <laughs> uh, like a subversion. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's like, well, I'm gonna wear my hair long. What do you think about that? And it's like, well, I don't know. Are you gonna like maybe kiss fix a boy? The government? <laughs> Are you gonna kiss a boy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or are you going to actually, is it going to help you talk about your feelings? <laughs> no. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it did. It's it's hard yeah. to say sometimes when, you know, when pro- when it's progress and when it's just like uh, this sort of ping-ponging between the generations. Yeah. yeah, and it's also like the other thing about the flattening is that uh, minority or like small groups kind of become the quote unquote like voice of a generation. Like the baby boomer generation was always overwhelmingly conservative. There was a small yeah. group of like people who embraced like hippies and free love and gender bending and stuff. But the majority of them have always been very, they weren't like free love hippies that became like Reagan conservatives. They were always conservatives. Um, yeah. The great majority of them. And um, and also Martin Luther King was the most hated man in America when he was killed. So, yeah. and that's another thing that gets conveniently forgotten. So, anyhow. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, is it time for Polly? Let's talk about Polly. Let's talk. Let's get about it over with. <laughs> Polly. Yeah. Think I should get off her first. Think she wants some water. Put out the blowtorch Isn't me Have a seat Let me clip Dirty wings Let me take a ride Cut yourself Oh boy Um, okay, trigger warning Or content warning, sorry That's a better phrase to use Content I mean, warning both, both are true yeah, but content warning's broader um, and doesn't presuppose any triggers. Because um, this song is rough. Um, it it isn't. There isn't a ton of like textual stuff that is explicitly. Well, no, there's some really bad stuff in here. Fuck. Um, yeah, when I when I read it, I was like, 
okay, is this like, you know, an S&M kind of thing? Is this kink? You know, I was trying to give it a charitable reading, and then I read the backstory about it. I was like, oh, this is literal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, so if you don't want to hear this stuff, listener, you can skip forward, you know, probably five or ten minutes. Um, so it's about the kidnapping and rape of a 14-year-old girl um, in Tacoma, Washington. And um, she was tortured with a whip, a razor, and a blowtorch. And um, she managed to escape. And uh, he was eventually arrested and sent to jail. And the next paragraph in the Genius Annotation says, Nirvana played some benefits to help rape victims, including the, quote, Rock Against Rape concert in 1993, which raised money for a women's self-defense organization. Huh. Yeah, and um, apparently Kay Cobain wrote in the liner notes um, for New Wave Polly, which is a different version of Polly that appears in Incesticide. Which oh, we'll interesting. Next, is is it really next. New Wave? Is it like Simple Minds? I don't, I don't recall. It's been like probably 15, 20 years since I listened to it, so I don't well, recall. But We'll see you next um, week. Yeah, right? They write about that song, at least. Last year, a girl was raped by two wastes of sperm and eggs while they sang the lyrics to our song, Polly. I have a hard time carrying on knowing there are plankton like that in our audience. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do with this song, honestly, because it's clearly not a pro-rape song. I, sure. I think so much is clear. But it is sung from the rapist's point of view. Yeah. And it starts with the line, Polly wants a cracker. Just like this weird this joke. Bizarre. Um, and then... Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It, it's, it's also like... It's a really groovy, catchy song. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, when I hear this quote about... Um, you know, rapists liking this song <laughs> and, and, uh, it being useful to them. I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like this song right? doesn't have anything in it that is, um, it's just depicting. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's depicting it in a really pleasurable, uh, musically pleasurable way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and there's nothing that is con- condemning it. <laughs> right, like it's not even uh, Sufjan, John Wayne Gacy Jr. song level, like, engaging right. with the actions. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know what the point of doing this is. Um, I mean, what Kurt says is it's an anti-rape song. He said this in an interview. Um, uh, he declared in an unquoted interview. I don't, I don't know what that understand means. that. So I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but there's a quote here saying, it's an anti-rape song. There's really not much more I can say about it. What can I say? It's a story about a rapist. Th- and then this gets a little weird. This is different than what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Who captures a sadomasochist. And this woman, Polly, is having sex as a way to develop a relationship. He rapes her at first. Then uh, they have a relationship and they fall in love. And then she eventually kills him and runs away. So there's a 
an element of um, kind of vi- victim blaming in this mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, that, that doesn't uh, according seem to like, Kurt. It, it doesn't seem related to the story about the 14-year-old who was kidnapped, because I doubt that it was publicized that she was a sadomasochist, you know? Yeah. I doubt that that was, like, the story of it, right? Yeah, I feel I feel like this song is pretty obtuse. Um, mm-hmm. And this is an example of, I don't know, I kind of gave Kurt a pass for a lot of other songs for, like, mm-hmm. you know, being flippant or kind of tossing things off or, or maybe being under processed. But this is an example of, I don't know, a song that kind of seems harmful. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, why, why bring something up like this unless you have something specific to like really offer to the conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we ran into this a bit with Slayer. Um, yep. With like, songs that were only depiction and they feel voyeuristic and like reveling in right. it in a way that is really gross. Um, you know, yeah. it, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, the whole true crime. Um, Ooh, I smell a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> the whole uh, true, car- true crime uh, trend. Uh, and specifically, if we're trying to do some sort of like, you know, transfem reading of this, there is uh, a, you know, that the different poles of the genders, you know, are mm-hmm. differently fascinated with violence. And one way that we've seen recently in the zeitgeist, in the culture, is this uh, feminine fascination with true crime stories, podcasts, TV shows, things like that. And um, there is this idea that like, maybe the reason it is so interesting is because there is a constant sort of hum of existential uh, threat. If you are a woman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, uh, of any kind or feminine in any way. And um, that, it is because that like hum is there. It's a way to like kind of address it and mm-hmm. like kind of take care of it. Um, so some people kind of like try to pathologize it. Um, and maybe there's something there. <laughs> maybe that's worthwhile, yeah. maybe, but you know, but maybe at the end of the day, not any, maybe it's not any more pathological um, than, you know, male violence fantasies where they get to, enact righteous violence you know oh i'd say it's um, probably considerably less pathological than that (laughs) uh yeah um yeah i mean because there is like an element of catharsis um to be able to like engage with the fear like very reasonable rational fears right yeah Uh, statistically unlikely uh, the stuff that happens in true crime and uh, podcasts yeah. anyway, like the serial killers and like abductors and stuff like it's statistically unlikely, but it is a very real and rational fear. And to be able to engage with that fear and sort of like confront it in a safe space. I mean, I think there's something to be said for that. I don't sure. necessarily think that's what this, I mean, maybe that's what Kurt was like kind of trying to do. Um, there is some interesting stuff on there's a wikipedia article about this song um 
In his Nirvana biography, Come As You Are, journalist Michael Azarod noted that rape seemed to be a consistent theme in Cobain's songs and interviews, as if Cobain was, quote, apologizing for his entire gender. However, Cobain uh-huh. explained, I don't feel bad about being a man at all. There are all kinds of men that are on the side of the woman and support them and help influence other men. In fact, a man using himself as an example toward other men can probably make more impact than a woman can. Which is probably true. But also, yeah. methinks the lady doth protest too much. Boom! Sure. Yes! Ha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was trying to like suggest that maybe... Uh, I think you said, maybe it was on record, I can't remember, uh, in their first episode in our little after party, um, I think you said something about receiving messages in the culture that aren't for you, but you still receive them because of your internal experience. And it's this sort of weird liminal space of like, oh, this, this message is affecting me. Um, but it's not technically supposed to. So maybe I'm not like yeah. the main target of the message, but I also mm-hmm. feel affected by it. I wonder if um, I, w- I wonder if Kurt's uh, fixation on rape because it I, it happens again, and mm-hmm. his fixation on certain kinds of feminism um, and the like material threats of like womanhood and things. I wonder if that is you know, something internal, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, yeah, it's, it seems really like, like they are, they are interested in it in a way that, um, I think I may have dropped our, uh, name a few times. Uh, it seems like Kay is interested in, uh, sexual violence against women in a, in a way that feels different than, um, you know, a, a male ally. Yes. Yeah, and maybe that'll help us unpack, especially like when we get to the song "Rape Me." Um, yeah, because my I think my friend Kate um, at one point like claimed like that is not a song that a man would write or something to that effect. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we haven't got to that song yet, so yeah. Um, I I also think that it's interesting that in this in this quote he is talking about uh how this the the woman in the song is a sadomasochist and is engaging in it with some degree of like w- willfulness um yeah and and i don't know what that means but like that's does that doesn't seem too many degrees removed from writing a song called rape me you know, it's like, what, right. what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, is it a gender thing? Is it a kink thing? Is it both? Um, uh, I definitely think it's interesting that it's that when Kay was confronted with, are you apologizing for your whole gender? That they're like, no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. That like, I mean, that's a very um, common, I mean, it usually gets like phrased as like for trans femme eggs to be like well i don't have a problem being a man i would just obviously yeah. rather be a woman and like i wish i'd been born a girl but i, I don't have a problem being a man <laughs> you know it's fine um yeah i think yeah i think the element of like fantasy is a really interesting one for you to bring up because i was 
actually thinking about that for um do you remember the song floyd the barber yes where he's he gets like tied down and um is sexually assaulted um and is forced to perform oral sex and then in two different ways and one of them kills him and i feel like i was kind of remiss on that episode not bringing up like the element of fantasy and how i mean especially given that it was based on like the andy griffiths show which is already its own kind of fantasy fantasy. you know to like take it to this like sexual fantasy and how fantasy is like a healthy thing to have and to explore i mean not necessarily like universally unqualifiedly but also (laughs) yeah like maybe yeah i don't know I, I don't. I didn't I think don't I had a conclusion to that. <laughs> I mean, the thing that we keep com- coming back to with them is just like how how much of this stuff is self aware, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> like how much of this is just sort of like unprocessed messiness. You know, mm-hmm. this doesn't this K doesn't seem to be a particularly um, put together person uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, so. Totally. That's and, that is not a, a character judgment. That's just right. more of a like fact. Yes. <laughs> a statement of fact. I you think know? that's yeah, correct. And <laughs> yeah, I, 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 which is to say, I don't think that it is moral or immoral to be put together. Um, mm. Although I will say that like me- messiness will you know messiness mixed with power, which K now has you know, mm-hmm. it's going to affect people. People are people are going to latch on to your messages and distort them if mm-hmm. you don't know how to control your messages. Totally, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it's. I don't know a lot of people who can like distort uh, James Baldwin's messages because he knew what the fuck he was talking about. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I've never heard anyone like you know try to like twist James Baldwin's words, except, you know, Wes, except Anderson. For Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the french dispatch which you and i saw together yes um so speaking of unprocessed um messiness territorial pissings So this is a song sympathetic to the ways that white male colonizers have treated both Native Americans and women. Hmm. Sympathetic to the Native American folks and women, you mean? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, this Kay- verse too. <laughs> yes. And Kay has some really interesting um, yeah. quotes about this song also. Yeah. Um, so, oh, we should start with the intro because this is Chris Novoselic singing a song from the 60s or 70s, um, but singing it in a very sarcastic 90s way. I love this intro. <laughs> I think it's so funny. This actually got me. <laughs> yeah. Smile on people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. 
I that love- like <laughs> horror movie synth that comes in is yeah. really cool. There. Yeah, totally. Shit. And I love that like I love the pairing of that with this song specifically because it it is that like boomer, non-specific, um, easily co-opted or misunderstood message of like everybody just love everyone together and then right, it'll it's solve a all the problems. Of passivity. Yeah, basically, it can easily be directed at people who are being rightfully violent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, looks like, like like you know. Why are you black people like marching for civil rights? You don't. Right. You could just like love people. You know that. I mean, that's like an extreme way to take it. But like, I'm. I don't doubt that that was said from this sure. viewpoint. Um, oh, so something like, happened in here. <laughs> what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a lot <laughs> of movement. There's and a lot color of- and noise. <laughs> I, I I perceive some smells also. <laughs> a lot of sensory data, but who can make any sense of it whatsoever <laughs> when the cops are like attacking a bunch of protesters <laughs> or whatever it was. It was something like that, I think. Um, anyhow, so taking the piss out of that like boomer anthem is great. Um, and then Kay gets mad. Um, when I was an alien, cultures weren't opinions. Not really sure what to do with that part of it. That's the first verse. Um, I don't. I also don't really know what to do with the chorus. Honestly, gotta find a way. Find a way. When I'm there, gotta find a way. A better way. I'd better wait. I mean, it sounds like basically random. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's sort of a directionless. Like, I don't know what to do about all of this. Yeah, it's relatable. Mm-hmm. But the most inspired lyric. Hmm. Yeah, and then verse two, never met a wise man. If so, it's a woman. There hmm. it is. <laughs> really, Kay? You don't say. Hmm. Uh, and then, of course, a lot again. of lot of gender quotes uh, in the genius yeah. about about that verse. Yes, I love. Okay, so when asked about the song title, this is what Kay Cobain had to say. In the animal kingdom, the male will often piss in certain areas to claim his territory, and I see macho men reacting towards sex and power in the same way. I'd like to see these lost souls strung up by their balls with pages of scum manifesto stapled to their bodies. How many cisgender heterosexual men know what the scum (laughs) manifesto is, do you think? (laughs) I don't know what the scum manifesto is. Yeah, um, it is a very very radical um manifesto from the 60s um i i don't really remember um to what extent it is meant to be like society for cutting up men uh-huh um and it's basically like male eliminationist political lesbianism um oh interesting yeah it's been described as a satire or parody um right but who knows mm. especially because the person who wrote it uh, tried to murder Andy Warhol in 1968. So, Holy shit. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, the scum manifesto, you know, that thing that men famously talk about. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and if they do talk about it, talking about it in sort of an endorsing way, like we should kill these men. Yeah. Yep. They should be strung up by their balls. I mean, to be fair, they're only talking about um, macho guys. So right. not all men have to die. Hashtag not all men. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. If the men are are, are wise women, then maybe. <laughs> huh. mm-hmm. Interesting. And then he quotes, or they quote Joseph Heller in verse three. Just because you're paranoid does, I guess it's don't mean they're not after you. So, a classic, classic <laughs> sentiment. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Apparently, it's a Joseph Heller quote. Who's Joseph Heller? He wrote Catch-22 is his most famous name. Oh, that's him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, so... Oh, my God. The genius lyrics are so funny. Uh, what if they really are out to get you, huh? Huh? Some sort of uber paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> genius, come clean up your site. <laughs> I guess that's up for me. Uh, up to me. Yeah, you um, got a Pyong, anti Oh, it's upvoted 181 Pyong. times. Oh, no. Oops. Genius, come okay, get I'm going to Pyong it and downvote it. Um, but the Pyong is just to bring my, our followers, our many followers' attention to it so that you can go downvote it, too. Okay. If you click on verse 2, which it has the two lines, Never met a wise man. If so, it's a woman. There's a nice little compilation... <laughs> Of quotes from Kay Cobain. I would like to read all of them right now. Yeah, you read all of them. Please. <clears throat> I'm definitely a feminist. I'm fucking disgusted by the way women are still treated. It's 1993 and some people think we're in the 1950s. We need to make more progress. There needs to be more female musicians, more female artists, more female writers. Everything is dominated by males and I'm fucking sick of it. <clears throat> and then... Because I couldn't find any friends, male friends, that I felt compatible with, I ended up hanging out with girls a lot. And I just always felt that they weren't treated with respect, especially because women are just totally oppressed. That's interesting. Mm. You don't say. (laughs) That's interesting, because he did form a band, you know, or they, they did form a band with men, and... I don't know. The the limited like stories that I've heard about their relationships with women seem really fraught. But it's always hard to say whether that is like misogyny or dis or trans dissatisfaction with patriarchal uh, behaviors from women and men, and just being like, okay, I guess these are the people I am allowed to hang out with. Yeah, and also and just like with. we we haven't heard much about Kay's like friendships with women. We've heard two instances of like rocky like romantic relationships but romantic relationships can often uh induce a lot more dysphoria because they are usually like so much more gendered and there's like the sexual roles and everything um so not not as like to say that as like an excuse for an egg to be shitty to women but um yeah and then finally there's this quote from rolling stone I definitely feel closer to the feminine side of the human being than I do the male or the American idea of what a male is supposed to be. Just watch a beer commercial and you'll see what I mean. Hmm. You don't say, okay. (laughs) This is is the classic, like, um, 
making like a trans statement and then undercutting it. Yeah. Just beer commercials though. Like uh, JK. Yeah. <laughs> just definitely ju- though just the macho men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my that's my problem, <laughs> you know. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's that's maybe one of the most eggy things I've ever seen anyone say directly. Absolutely. <laughs> um yeah. I know that I'm like making like trans readings of basically all these songs and it's it's kind of a bit but also um i don't i mean it's not a a like lens that these songs have been viewed through for lots of people um right up until now so yeah i mean um, (laughs) i think we've made it clear that we're not making definitive statements uh about the gender identity of Kurt Cobain, uh, of Kay Cobain, one right. way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, we're mm-hmm. we're more just saying like people have talked enough about Nirvana, and not in this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is yeah. also the way that it's the most interesting for you and I to talk about totally. them. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, it's just sometimes I like to point out, you know, that when there's smoke. There's heat from fire, fire from heat. That's a little Easter egg (laughs) for my trans Mm. friends out there. (laughs) Um, That's our activation phrase for the sleeper cells. Yes, drain you. <laughs> this song's funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers. It's it's very Rugrats, but like fucked up Rugrats. <laughs> baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. <laughs> um, do you want to do some reading of the lyrics? Yeah. So, um, ah, I like a lot of these lyrics. I'm just going to start reading. Verse one. One baby says to, to another... Sorry, one baby to another says, I'm lucky to have met you. A lovely way to start a song. Yep. (laughs) I don't care what you think unless it is about me. Well, okay. Fair (laughs) for a baby. Right? (laughs) They're babies. I mean, they're babies. (laughs) Yeah. It is now my duty to completely drain you. I travel through a tube and end up in your infection. (laughs) (laughs) It's very matter of fact. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty clear from the get-go that this is a song about the infantilizing nature of codependency. Oh, really? Especially (laughs) one baby to another says, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm lucky to have met you. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that there's, is this one of the songs where another one of his girlfriend says like why don't you write a song about me or is that later on in the album <laughs> maybe not i don't see evidence um, of that right now chorus uh chew your meat for you pass it back and forth in a passionate kiss <laughs> from my mouth to yours i like you this That's is so really funny. funny it's, it's so, so funny. uh it's so like sort of venomous and sarcastic but it's so 
cute the way that it's delivered that I think it's... And goofy, yeah. Mostly for the sake of fun. Verse two, with eyes so dilated, I've become your pupil. Now that is just like... That's like a Rodney Dangerfield joke or something. Like it's <laughs> like in no respect. It's a real like hack like joke. I love it. Yeah. You taught me everything without a poison apple. I don't know, something okay. something, give an apple to your teacher. Yeah. Or something. I guess. Uh the water's so yellow. I'm a healthy student. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a little unhinged here. Mm-hmm. Indebted and so grateful. Vacuum out the fluids. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where are the other unique lyrics? We got, uh, I don't care what you think unless it's about me. It's now my duty to completely drain you. Okay. I think that's it. Sloppy yeah. lips to lips. You're my vitamins. I like you. That's that. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This song's hilarious. I, uh, yeah, I really like it. And I feel like it is ironic, but it's also, I don't know not completely judgmental it's like oh this is how i feel (laughs) yeah and it seems like there's something earnest here yeah i mean they're babies like (laughs) i think there's a certain level of like understanding be like yeah we're both just kind of babies with each other and we're trying to do this like parenting ritual to each other they're like chewing the meat and like passing it on that's like something (laughs) in the animal kingdom a parents of some kind of like carnivore or omnivore does and like passes it on mouth to mouth to the to the child and they're kind of like trying to do that for each other but they they are not really capable of it so they just pass it back and forth that's such a great image actually as like yeah i don't know it's one of Kay's yeah, more th- coherent images that stands up to scrutiny and has like levels to unpack yeah, I think this is one of their most, like, poetic songs. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's about um, c- sort of clumsy romantic love. Mm-hmm. I, I just appreciate its simplicity of vision mm-hmm. and how it goes about it. Yeah, this song rules. This yeah. is great. <laughs> like, we haven't read anything like this uh, any or heard any lyrics like this in our whole show. I can't think of anything like this. This is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Maybe some ICP stuff has kind of approached it. But at the end of the day, I'm a little bit more interested in Kay's <laughs> relationship with sexuality and romance than with theirs. Yeah. <laughs> Except right. for I like it when Shaggy 2 Dope talks about... Um, uh, <laughs> How much uh, he loves chubby women? Yeah, and, and testicle like uh, body horror. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that yeah. particular fascinating aspect of his personality. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, should we talk about Lounge Act? Yes, let's talk about Lounge Act. This is apparently another. Well, the last song was apparently about uh, Toby Vale of Bikini Kill, who um, apparently actually said 
to, to Kay at some point. I'm lucky to have met you or something. Like, like some of those are like supposedly quotes <laughs> from her to Kay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and this is supposedly also another song about her. Um, Truth covered insecurity. That's a fascinating line that I wish Kay would unpack or build on a little bit. Yeah. Like a chocolate covered raisin? Y- yes. <laughs> Maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but then they followed up with a line I can't let you smother me. I'd like to, but it couldn't. Like, these lines seem to be pretty just like disconnected from each other just like little Mm. fragments um except maybe the last three sort of go together i'd like to but it couldn't work trading off and taking turns i don't regret a thing interesting yeah it seems like it kind of matches with the like yeah two babies trying to like take turns parenting for each other and being little babies in return yeah totally um and then the chorus and I've got this friend you see who makes me feel, and I wanted more than I could steal. I'll arrest myself, I'll wear a shield, I'll go out of my way to prove I still smell her on you. Okay. I'm not hmm. really sure what is going on there. Apparently, um, Kay said uh, to Toby Vale, this is like in an unsent letter addressed to Toby. Hmm. Every song on this record, in utero, is not about you. No, I am not your boyfriend. No, I don't write songs about you, except for Lounge Act, which I do not play, except when my wife is not around. (laughs) (laughs) We might, maybe we should, we haven't talked about Courtney Love yet. I don't know anything about her. I know very little about her. I know she's one of the maligned women of history. Like I know Yoko that some ono. people accuse her of murdering Keiko Ban. They're also the same type of people who react most strongly when they're like, "Well, you can't, you can't say Kurt Cobain was trans. There's no evidence." And then they're like, "Well, did right. you know that uh, Courtney Love killed him?" And it's like, "Well, right. you dumb motherfucker, hypocrite." <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, maybe. At some, maybe like we should take a detour into Courtney Love and like maybe explore oh, her music or like whole a little bit at some point. Um, maybe after Nirvana or something. I I would be really curious, um, especially knowing that she has received so much vitriol and huh. hatred for her relationship with Kay. Um, don't tell me what I want to hear. Afraid of never knowing fear. Experience anything you need. I'll keep fighting jealousy until it's fucking gone. Okay. A commitment to compersion we have here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lo- love to hear it. Mm-hmm. It's real nice. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> smell her on you. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like smell imagery in the album. I mean, smells like teen spirit, obviously. Yeah. Um, so maybe she's got teen spirit. Maybe that's what Kay was trying to say. (laughs) And then Kay says at the end of the song, they'll go out of their way to prove they still smell her on you. And yeah, I don't necessarily know what to make of that. They, you know, they, the man. Maybe Kay is, uh, proactively adopting new pronouns for themselves. 
Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> and then referring to themselves in the third person. Yeah, probably. Hmm. That's probably it. Yep. Um, well, stay away. Stay away for me. Okay. Also, let's talk about the next song. Yeah. This is like, there are so many songs on this album where I listened to and I was like, I like this song. I don't like the many hundreds of shitty songs that were directly inspired by this. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's, I, I can't think of a specific example, but I feel like there are tons of like grunge and new metal um, songs that kind of sound like this and are not good to listen to <laughs> that kind of like like d- the two different voices and they're sort of like back and forth and like that whole dynamic i don't know i can't think of any examples but yeah rather be dead than cool <laughs> yeah this is a song about conform as near as i can tell about conformity and expectations yeah. and deciding whether or not to fit in yeah, um, or deciding whether or not to live. Yeah, I guess so. In, in that lyric. I, I don't know if this is dark, but like it is a little bit difficult for me to like listen to these songs and without the dramatic irony of, you know, just like, this is a person who killed themselves. I, I feel uncomfortable yeah. about that. I don't know how to talk about... Like, I know that this is someone whose suicide everyone has talked about, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what is appropriate to talk about, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is a person who killed themselves. I don't think that's been true of any other artists that we've covered. Um, you know, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, as far as, far as we know, you know, and um, but we probably would. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. That's like really intense and it makes everything like feel a little, a little extra exploitative because this is a person who like is, well, I don't know. It, it's all really complicated. Mm-hmm. But, uh, when I, when I read a lyric, like rather be dead than cool, I think about like, okay, this is a person who decided to die um and decide like in like this lyric says being (laughs) they're talking about being cool i was just talking with a friend recently about um they were struggling with some like transphobic feelings and i was like i think part of why you're struggling is because um trans femme people are not cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I mean by that, I don't want Ooh, that taken out take. of context. Oh, what I what I mean by that is um, that uh, if you are assigned the gender that has the most privilege and power, and you heavy air quotes decide to throw that away, mm-hmm. um, or must throw that away. Um, that 
that is an upsetting idea to so many people. It's like, what are you doing? That for power so many reasons has, too. Yeah, it still has meat on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people receiving that, you know, <laughs> people witnessing that are just like, that is not cool. Like, um, you are throwing away your masculine power. And then I think for a lot of trans femme people, um, they are also not able to achieve certain kinds of feminine power. Obviously, there are some trans femme women who I don't know what the statistics are or if there are reliable statistics, you know, who are stealth, who people don't know who are trans um, Mm -hmm. and who are able to achieve certain kinds of patriarchal feminine power. I know that exists, mm-hmm. but I don't think that is the the norm, at least in our generation. Maybe yeah. going for you know, maybe going forward with like blockers and all of that stuff. Like maybe that stuff will change and then yeah. there'll be different obstacles for trans femme folks to mm-hmm. <laughs> to face. You know, yeah. to have to like uh, I don't know. All, all I'm trying to say is, like, when I see, like, rather be dead than cool, I'm like, what do you mean by cool? Are you talking about some sort of aloof 90s, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, what is cool anyway? Or are you talking about, like, your power? Are you talking about yeah. um, your masculinity? Um, are you talking about the ways that you are expected to behave? Um, and that is really sad <laughs> because, like, I don't know. You read this kind of like lyric, you know, it's like, obviously they, you know, all this stuff is so flippant, but it's like rather be dead than cool. Well, you, yeah, you made, made good on that. Um, which is really dark. Um, so. Holy shit, Cameron, you just wrinkled my brain. That was, that was a lot. (laughs) I've been having a lot of conversations with turfs lately, and I feel <laughs> like with 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 de- dear dear friends who like want to think the right things, but they have to say some wild shit out loud. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you doing that emotional labor and protection. Thank you. Yeah, that's very kind of you. Yeah, uh, allies, comrades. Yeah. Somewhere um, in between. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like I'm implicated by this conversation, but also like I have just enough, <laughs> just <laughs> enough distance away from it to be able to like, um, not scream in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. God, that's, that was such an interesting and good point and heavy. Um, yeah, they, I mean, th- like you said, they are very flippant. I mean, it opens with monkey see, monkey do, right? Um, and they get, they get meta with every line ends in rhyme. And then they just quote a cliche, less is more, two cliches, less is more, love is blind. Um, and then very specifically, they get into like style and presentation and fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, give an inch, take a smile. Hmm. It's kind of a pun. I don't know about that. Uh, fashion shits, fashion style. Blow it out, keep it in. Have to have poison skin. I like the I like the little phrase fashion shits. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. Is 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 shits a verb? Is it a plural noun? Who knows? Right. 
Fast yeah. sh- <laughs> oh, I got the fashion shits. <laughs> I was thinking more like, oh, these little shits over here. These fashion I shits. Have a, I have a banjo student who like works in fast fashion and she's like the most sort of like glamorous like woman that I've ever met. And she's just like, it's all fucking meaningless. I fucking hate my life and my job. Like, it's just like, <laughs> what did I sign up for? Oh, my skills are all meaningless and destroying the earth. You know? Aww. Aww. And I'm like, it's okay. Uh, if you learn the banjo, um, you will be an authentic person. <laughs> That's what the banjo is for. <laughs> Conferring authenticity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Um, you took a sound sample of the last line of this song. Oh, yeah, which ostensibly is God is gay. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's we should what have I've said, always heard. Like, like, listen to this and see what you think it says. Oh, yeah. I've always well, heard that. Anyway. You, you've heard that? Okay. Yeah. Let's take a listen. That's what I heard. I always thought it was God is gay, which, you know, if she exists, maybe she is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always, there's quotes from Keiko Ben in um, like about how they would say God is gay to piss off, you know, religious fundamentalists, Christian fundamentalists. <laughs> he used to spray paint God is gay on pickup trucks around Aberdeen. Yeah, around Aberdeen. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty ballsy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, like, this is a a style of this is a style of um, neoliberal uh, sort of homophobia <laughs> that yeah. is uh, like rhetoric, homophobic rhetoric that is still around. You know, like like uh, someone making photoshopping, like you know, Trump, like you know, kissing Putin. Or yeah, something. I mean, there was that. Or Stephen, yeah, or Stephen, Stephen Colbert. Colbert yeah saying like you know like putin's like cock cock is so far down you know Mm -hmm. yeah cock holster yeah Yeah. uh trump's throat and all that stuff and it's just like it's it is not okay that you're equating um homosexuality or um gay love between men as being um gross and it's Mm -hmm. not okay that you're equating um male sexuality with violence um you know and equating um penis penetration with violence and rape and domination um we all understand the reference that you're making and the rhetorical point that you're trying to make and we understand that your audience is homophobic and you're trying to turn that back around on them um so when i like first heard that that like Kay was engaging in some of that kind of thing you know like i that was kind of my response but also mixed with like i get it you're like a kid you know and like Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing your best and you're trying to piss people off for righteous reasons i understand that i've been there um i might still be there (laughs) um but um also uh that combined with their quotes about like, I wish I was gay and I feel more feminine Mm -hmm. than, than, you know, masculine. And like, it makes me wonder to what extent are they hiding behind these sort of plausible deniability, little, little morsels of rhetoric. 
you know, mm-hmm. in order to actually say something, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, who knows if they're actually gay and if they are in which direction or what that means to them. Right. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly. <laughs> so, well, they said at one point that they were gay in spirit and probably right. could be bisexual is the way they phrase it, which is really funny. <laughs> Um, probably if only someone would give me the chance (laughs) just gotta roll those dice (laughs) um yeah also i think it's worth pointing out that um this actually comes up in the movie uh paris is burning um Mm. the clearly delineated lines between different identities and between gender and sexuality were not as well defined in the 90s and um even institutionally, um, a lot of medical and psychological authorities treated trans women as if they were like gay men who were so gay that they became the ultimate bottom, (laughs) the woman. (laughs) (laughs) I think about that movie, like the birdcage all the, all the time, which is like the, to me kind of like a quintessential, like nineties, like, you know, gay movie. Um, and it's just like, you know, uh, Nathan Lane's character is like, yeah, exactly that. Mm-hmm. She's so gay that she's a woman, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. I mean, it's the Harry uh, Benjamin rules, right? Um, sure. You know, ordained from on high. And, um, I, but also, I don't know. Let's put that in learning, learning okay. links yeah, while, yeah, while you Benjamin. tell me about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so top down, like institutionally and theoretically, there wasn't a lot of, um, there was like a lot of like crossover and overlap and like blending and blurring and fluidity. Um, well, I should say from bottom up, from the culture, there was blending and fluidity um, mm. and people just like building a community and knowing that they all had common cause together. Right. Um, there was, I think there was a lot less like factionalism. And from top down, it was all very like, uh, we know the exact fixed categories that you belong in <laughs> and right. we are going to define them really broadly and in really weird ways um, right? that don't make sense to us nowadays with our right. current ideas about like identities. But, yeah. but anyway, all of that Just to say... Like, you're a gay communist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, all of that it's to say... the same. Yeah. I've been reading this um, book called Little Fish by um, Casey Platt. And the protagonist is a transgender woman who finds out that her grandfather might have been transgender Hmm. also. And then she talks to someone who knew him back in the day. And they're like, no, I just meant that, like, he liked boys. And she's like, oh, she's, like, really disappointed. He's like, oh, I guess he was just gay. And then later she's talking to another, you know, trans femme friend. And that person's like, well, it's not like he really had the tools or the vocabulary to, like, know that those things are different or to be able to separate them. Right. So anyhow, all of that to say that like being gay can mean so many different things, especially in 1991. Like yeah. that's the year or the year after Paris is burning came out, I think, um, which is so good. Uh, sh- shout out again to the, uh, the podcast Joe's boys, the little women chapter by chapter trans podcast. Um, that's, you know, about it's, it's hosted by a trans mask, uh, person who, um, you know, has this, 
theory that's all but you know just like fact you know that like uh lou alcott is like a trans man um or um a a profoundly gender non-conforming uh woman like at the very least Mm -hmm. um by (laughs) by merit of you know (laughs) them uh referring to themselves you know as like a father and and brother and (laughs) and (laughs) all of these things uh like all the time and everyone you know like uh calling them Lou and them only wearing men's clothing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what was I saying about this? Oh yeah. There's this like inter there's this infamous interview where Lou Alcott says like, Oh yeah. I, you know, I've, I've uh, I'm convinced I'm a, a so- the soul of a man trapped in a woman's body, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this like dot, dot, dot. And then they say like, because I've fallen in love with so many women mm-hmm. and never a single man. And um, which as <laughs> the, the host of the podcast said, editorializes in that moment and says like, this actually isn't true. Lou is probably trying to like seduce this interviewer here, you know, like, oh. <laughs> you know, like they probably started really? scissoring after this. <laughs> that rules. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, but like, uh, and then also like, there's a bunch of interesting stuff in that ellipses where you think that they're trying to set up this, like, Oh, they're not actually trans. They're just gay. And it's like, no, this person isn't gay. Uh, this person is seems to be trans, uh, like uh, pansexual, and also there's all of this like very gender specific uh, language that supports their identity um, outside of their sexuality. Um, mm-hmm. But also at the end of the day, that stuff's really messy. Um, yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, even today it is, and I feel like we've done a lot i mean there's been a lot of like advances in theory and tools developed to help people um figure yeah, stuff or out tangents and it's, in theory <laughs> yeah exactly um and it's still super messy and hard to figure out and complicated yeah yep. um wow. mm-hmm. remember how we said this is gonna be a short episode oh my god um, um i think we've i been told going, you i was gonna what, fill it up like... with enough bullshit <laughs> This is like, yeah, this is like set one of the more dense. It's like we actually have things to say about so many songs. Yeah, <laughs> <album>. right? <laughs> okay, we have two more songs. Let's let's we have bump them out. Four more songs? We have On a Plane, Something in the Way. Oh, and Endless Nameless. Okay, three more. Yeah, yeah. so we have three more. Okay. On a Plane. Dense lyrics. Mm-hmm. So much here. Yep. Um, 
I'll start this off without any words, they say. And then they say some words. <laughs> I got so high, I scratched till I bled. I love myself better than you. I know it's wrong, so what should I do? And I chose I mean, me, I'm sorry, in the lyrics, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the words of Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> in his recent <laughs> album. Yeah. Um, and of course, like the, the, the obvious way to take that is like, I love myself more than I love you. Right. Um, but you could also interpret it as, I love myself in a better way and fashion and manner than you do. Uh, um, love me. Yeah, than you love me. Yeah, exactly. interesting. I'm better at loving me than you are at loving me. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, try and catch up. Come on. <laughs> I keep showing you these it over great here. examples. <laughs> um, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, sex therapists will recommend this. It's just like... <laughs> You should watch them do it, and so and they uh-huh. and then ask questions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the finest day that I've ever had was when I learned to cry on command. Hmm. 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 Now, why would that be, Kay? <laughs> um. And then the chorus: I do not know what to do with. I'm on a plane. I can't complain. I'm on a plane. Yeah, plane in the genius lyrics spelled as in. P-L-A-I-N. Which is what the song title is, yeah. Yeah. But it could also be, they're just flying around. (laughs) Vroom, vroom. My mother died. Tired of these motherfucking K's on these motherfucking planes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nailed it. My mother died every night. Remember that movie? (laughs) Well, I never saw it, but I remember of it. See it either. It's just like I don't think anyone remembers that movie. Oh, I think it comes up on like I mean, I think I think it's uh referenced or quoted um pretty regularly in the same way that like Borat still is. I don't know. I'm sure it keeps <laughs> okay, coming Marianne. up on comedy bang bang. <laughs> for instance. <laughs> uh. Um My Mother Died Every Night. It's safe to say don't quote me on that. Second rate Freudian Second rate Freudian analysis, you say. Hmm? (laughs) Oh my god. The black sheep got blackmailed again, forgot to put on the zip code. Hmm. Okay. And then the bridge. Somewhere I have heard this before, in a dream my memory has stored. As a defense, I'm neutered and spayed. What the hell am I trying to say? Now that is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I think most specifically because neutering, I think, is generally understood to be non-sex specific, um, or right. is like one of those things where it's the masculine and the universal one. Um, but I was under the impression that spade was gendered feminine and mm-hmm. neutered was gendered masculine. I think specifically. maybe technically like in the like medical jargon or like you know um vets or whatever probably use it that yeah, way but he's probably quoting that like game show who's host who at the end of every show was like spay and neuter your pets <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> uh spay and neuter yourself for defense <laughs> i think is what bob barker used to say uh yeah so yeah as Cameron pointed out spade is very specifically female um Removal of reproductive capacity. 
cis people don't usually feel uh, disgusted in like their reproductive capacities or their organs. Yes. Just like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know it's a spectrum, but like, this is not the. <laughs> It would not occur not to a cis, and, and li- yeah, not occur to a cis person to have being neutered or spayed be a defense. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard some people that like may or may not be eggs. Like in my life, say things along the lines of like maybe I should get a vasectomy. You know, now that like um, Roe v. Wade has been like um, overturned, um, mm-hmm. and. I think that's more of like a modern kind of like idea of like allyship and like, um, but, and, and and like despair, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but this, this feels different to me. Yeah. Right. Like, especially followed by what the hell am I trying to say? Yeah. Why did I just say that? I I guess I'll leave it in. I don't edit my songs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What the yeah. hell am I trying to say? Yes, I feel like it's fairly telling. <laughs> and then uh, there's a genius annotation here that says there's a 1993 interview um, where Kay says, people expect more of a thematic angle with our music. They always want to read into it. And Guilty! Before, I, was, <laughs> I was just using pieces of poetry and just garble, just garbage, you know, just stuff that would spew out of me at the time. Which is not and revealing at all. Time, no, it a lot <laughs> <laughs> if it's flippant, then it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and a lot of times when I write lyrics, it's just at the last second, so, which means it definitely doesn't mean anything, and I'm definitely not revealing things <laughs> about myself. There's not, definitely nothing subconscious yeah. or yeah. A, at all. Like because I'm to really lazy. It's because I'm lazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not uh, like when I, Cameron, have had uh, a little bit extra to drink so that I can like maybe say the things that have been buried underneath the surface. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then I find myself having to come up with explanations for it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my, sweet, my sweet friend, my special friend. Okay. <laughs> my, my dear sweet little egg. Oh. Poor baby. Yeah. Um, I, Cameron, I just want to put this out there. I'm getting more and more convinced about Kay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least, at least in terms of like gender, like pretty strong gender dysphoria. Um, yeah, not necessarily in terms of like if they were alive today, would they be non-binary or like trans femme or gender non-conforming yeah. man? I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily feel. Super strong one way about one of those things, but definitely where feels... They would, where they would be on the Benjamin scale. <laughs> yeah. Do you, Cameron, do you think uh, Kay Cobain is an autogynophile? <laughs> well, I certainly am. <laughs> At least. <laughs> At least, yeah. Most cis women are, too. I mean... <laughs> I mean that's that's like the standard like I, rejoinder. I at least, yeah, I'm I, I'm at least one like once a day, <laughs> sometimes twice. <laughs> um, Acts of service is my love language. Yes. <laughs> Bless you. May 
<laughs> May the good gay lord bless you. Yeah. Uh, Love Languages was created by a homophobe. <laughs> Oh, anyway. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. That's my love language is homophobia. <laughs> um, and then verse three, it is now time to make it unclear to write off lines that don't make sense. <laughs> okay. You're not fooling us. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I've left a, I've left a trail quick. Try to like <laughs> cover it up. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they do this thing often, like, I don't know why. Oh, what am I trying to say? You know, like this, like, mm-hmm. ah, what does it all mean anyway? I'm just, I'm being flippant. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Over and over again, this sort of plausible not deniability. They also, yeah, I feel like they, they do this, this style of um, sort of like masculine, uh, like, ugh like eye roll and like um aloofness in mm-hmm. order to like like in a, like a code switching kind of way like mm. they're um um here here's some like some some people who are perceived as men or perceived as straight you know will like in order to sort of stay in the closet they will perform types of masculinity in yes. order to Get people off their trail. The you know, denial like, beard is a big one. Yeah, the denial beard. Yeah. Exactly. And um, yeah, I feel like Kay does that in a way within their super specific grunge, you know, subculture. Yeah. You know, they're trying yeah. to perform this kind of detached. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a proto-Sigma male, like, kind of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really hard to say to what extent it comes naturally, because that isn't necessarily a specifically gendered experience. Um, anyone could do that, <laughs> could find themselves acting that way. Or mm-hmm. is it a type of, like, um, masculine performance? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... That maybe is, that maybe is a little less defor- dysphoric. Yeah. And I think... The, I think there's definitely that. I think there's also just, like... The way that masculinity is constructed in our society is, like, so based on, like, stoicism and repression and not expressing your emotions. Yes. Such to the extent that if a man or someone who thinks they're a man catches themselves expressing an emotion or saying something that's they all of a sudden the alarm bell goes off and they're like oh shit i've crossed a line and they have to backtrack and they have to be like oh ha no whatever yeah i don't care i mean this lyric right in this very song you know the finest day i've ever had was when i learned to cry on command there's so much stuff there it's like are you are you saying that it's not real tears or are you saying that you finally got in touch with your emotions in a way that patriarchy wouldn't allow you to? Mm-hmm. Um, are you, are you, are you saying like, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. You know, is that, is that what's going I'm always on? Crying. Or are you saying that you're like being a manipulator? Like there's, or a mm-hmm. feminine manipulator. Oh that my you're God. like, they're you using know. their feminine wiles on us. Right. There's so many different ways to read that. And then, uh, you know, 
they they try to just like like distract from the things that they just said <laughs> ah, i can't complain <laughs> never mind exactly. everything i just yeah. said nah, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that phrase too like you know oh god life sucks and i hate being me and nobody understands me but i can't complain yeah whatever <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> okay uh something in the way yes here we go batman batman's in the way batman's in the way the batman oh excuse me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so um, apparently Cobain said that the concept of this song was supposed to be kind of like a like an imaginary scenario. Quote, like if I was living under the bridge and I was dying of AIDS, if I was a sick, if, sorry, if I was sick and I couldn't move and I was a total street person, that was kind of the fantasy of it. That's what they said about it. Huh. And yeah, there's a lot there. I mean... I mean, there's obviously, like, the fantasizing about being an unhoused person and empathy versus, like, exploitation um, versus, like, inappropriation and, like, whatever. Um, Yeah. And, uh, of course, it's interesting that they mention AIDS also because, I mean, this is 91. This is pretty early on. This is, I mean, I think there are still mainstream people calling it like the gay plague at this point right um and it you know it's it's uh i mean i think this is like pre uh princess diana like um touching a gay person on tele or like a person with aids on television um so yeah to mention aids is really interesting or i guess maybe she did that in 1987 so maybe, yeah. So that, that, I guess it was after that. So maybe if I, if attitudes are starting to change and maybe like people are getting a bit more informed about AIDS. Um, yeah. Underneath the bridge, tarp has sprung a leak and the animals I've trapped have all become my pets. And I'm living off of grass and the drippings from the ceiling. It's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. This is more of this like um, failed vegetarian, <laughs> yeah, character from. Yes, from I K. eat cow. I'm not proud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, although they're making you know pets out of all the animals they trap, so at least they're not eating them. Um, so you can you could subjugate all the animals you want as a vegetarian, yeah. especially if they make delicious, delicious cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or. <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> um, yeah, something in the, and then it's it's such a non-specific chorus. Something in the way. So, I don't know. I guess apparently that that was some like graffiti that was um, spray painted under a bridge in Aberdeen. So maybe that's what they're referencing. Um, yeah, so I don't really know 
what to, to get out of the song. Also, I'm getting very tired, very sleepy. Um, yeah, something in the way. It's very. It's a very different something in the way than the George Harrison something yeah. in the way. I think it's also That's well. I sure. guess I guess the main interesting thing I think about these lyrics is that it's really interesting to phrase it as it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. Because usually yeah. the way people fra- frame it is like, I don't eat anything that feels pain. They don't right. say that doesn't have feelings. Right. And as maybe someone who wasn't allowed to have feelings, maybe Kay yep. is like feeling a little bit of fish kinship. Mm. Mm. Fish kinship. <laughs> oh, wow. Episode Which, title right under the wire. Woo! Holy shit. Yep. Which that that also just has... replaced truth covered raisin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Happily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it also uh, has a pun based on certain gay slang, but yeah. I'll leave that to the listener to go down that rabbit hole if they want. Um, Okay, let's go to Endless Nameless and then be done. So this was supposedly an impromptu jam that, that happened when they were trying to record Lithium. Um, and Kay was so frustrated with the lack of progress, they just started playing this song, and the other two just joined in. And um, supposedly, Kay is just singing whatever random shit comes into their head. Yeah. Don't um, read into it. <laughs> don't read into it. Nothing to see here. Silence. Here I am. Here I am, silent. Bright and clear, it's what I am. I have died. In related is mother, 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 mother. I don't think there's any second-rate Freudian interpretations to make here, Cameron. <laughs> I don't think there's... It doesn't seem like there's anything <laughs> happening here. I, it doesn't look like anything to me. Um, Mother's just a random word. I could have said broom. <laughs> I could have said I could ovary. Have said, I could have said penis. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Uh, um, and then verse two death and violence excitement right here died go to hell here i am right here ow and verse three death is what i am go to hell go to jail in back of that crime here i am take a chance dead die oh boy and then supposedly um Kay smashes the guitar. The only, the studio's only left-handed guitar is what um, Rolling Stone said. So. Is this the smashing? Supposedly. Yep. Oh no! He also smashes his guitar. Oh yeah, you know you're right. He smashes a lot of. Oh they smash a lot of guitars. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Just wanted uh, to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
um, yeah, so this was like um, this impromptu jam, and they like made it into this song, and um, it was supposed to be on the album, but then it was left off on accident. Um, and then I think Kay insisted that it be added back on, and it became like this hidden track, um, which they used to do on CDs where they would have like the last track be like 20 minutes long because it would have one song and then like 10 or 15 minutes of silence and then the other song would play. Um, so that's how they set up this one. Um, and they don't do that anymore on the streaming sites. So if you go to like Spotify or whatever, it's just there and you can listen to it whenever you want and you don't even have to wait for 10 minutes of silence. Now, isn't that convenient? Yeah. Streaming killed the uh, <laughs> secret track. It totally did, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, that, so that's like the CD format based one, but you can do some wacky things with vinyl records. Like you can have two different grooves on a side of the record. I think Monty Python did this for one of their records where if you put the needle on it, um, like depending on where you put the needle on it, on the record, you would get a completely different side B versus like the other one. Um, or there's like you know, grooves like in the center that are not connected with the rest. So if you like manually put it there, you can like hear a different song. Yeah, there's like all kinds of wacky stuff you can do with like some of the physical media. Um, but anyway, that is neither here nor even there. Yeah, not with Spurtifer. <laughs> exactly. Um, wow, what an album. What an album. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Forget Never mind it. it. Forget I said anything. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. It totally is like the disavow- like the masculine disavowal of like, oh no, I don't have feelings. Nope, I didn't mean. No, I can't complain. No, whatever. Never mind. No, don't don't listen to me. Nope, don't perceive me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So thanks for listening, everyone, to part two of Nevermind. We'll be back next week with um, Incesticide, I think, because I think that came out before In Utero. Yeah, that um, sounds right. Yeah. And I think that's going to have some interesting songs on it, probably. Um, until that time, you can visit us online at Box at that website. Email us at email at Box at that website. Tweet us at Tote BS Podcast. Um, you can help support the show in a number of different ways. You can write us a review on iTunes um, with words or stars. Give us the ratings. We, we got to have them. Um, and if you want to support us even more directly, you can do things like tell people about the show, spread the word, evangelize us, or you can... Have you heard the good news? Yes. <laughs> Have you heard the good news? You're probably familiar with thinking inside the box. <laughs> exactly. Um, the other way you can support us directly is to just throw money at us. And we love it. Um, so if you want to do that, you can go to our Patreon at support.box at that website. You'll get access to all Just of our bonus coins. materials. <laughs> well, I'll take them. <laughs> not above it. I'm not, I'm not proud. <laughs> Just fling them at my head. I'll try to catch them in my mouth. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you'll get access to all of our bonus materials if you go on our Patreon which includes a weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. This week, we had an extensive discussion about the Rings of Power with a lot of um, uh, forays into uh, The Hobbit. Other and lanes Lord that aren't of- ours. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Adventures, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also <laughs> talked about a lovely movie called Language Lessons. 
So check that out at uh, support.boxit.website. The other things you should do is join our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. And you should listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. And it really is cool and getting up. And uh, it is traditional (laughs) musics. And it's very nice. Indeed. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Maddie. (laughs) Until next week with Incesticide, I've been Maddie Hunt, and I closed the document where I was keeping track. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go again. Take two. I've been Maddie Hunt, and I'm a fucked up rug rat. Uh, Cameron, do it, and a baby's got to do what a baby's got to (laughs) do, which is chew your food for you. Uh, we both went to the, to the infant imagery. We're both little babies. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. There it is. <laughs> harmonics that would be good no there it is (laughs) Cameron that's amazing Thank you so much. That's amazing. What a Mark fucking bar would be proud of a of a song. Yeah, Mark Mothersbaugh. It's a good song. It's so good. <laughs>